Radio Daily for Weekend Eve. You know, unless yesterday, no, not every, never mind. You'll see tomorrow. Something strange happens tomorrow, but you're going to love it. You're going to love it in ways you, don't, you can't even imagine yet. So, But that's then. That's then. This is now. That was the, this, that's an S.E. Hinton novel. By the way, it's the 9th of March, and we're the fine folks from BeatRadioDaily.com. Welcoming you to National Barbie Day. So listen to Aqua as much as possible, basically. <laughs> basically what I'm saying. The folks that are bringing it to you today... Uh, the guy that has his concerns sometimes that there's podcasters with secret. I was trying to cast a spell on me, you know, like a wizard or something. You can never be too careful mm-hmm. with that. Me? I'm the guy that has an interesting way of seeing the world. I'm the wonderful Billy Flynn. The universe tends to unfold as it should. Tends to? What happened, sir? In 19... No, in 1497, a few years before, Nicholas Copernicus first begins recording his astronomical observations. 1611, Dutch astronomer Johan Fabricius becomes the first person to observe sunspots as he observes the rising sun through his telescope. Observing the sun becomes painful, so him and his father will soon switch to making observations using a camera obscura. 1842, the first documented discovery of gold in California occurs at Rancho San Francisco six years before the California gold rush. Gold? Hipsters? 1948, the Atomic Energy Commission and the University of California A at Berkeley officially announced the artificial production of meson particles using the 184-inch cyclotron at the university's radiation laboratory. 1958, the modern mailbox is patented, and two days later, it was hit by a baseball bat. <laughs> 1959, the first known radar contact is made with the planet Venus. Also, the Barbie doll makes its debut at the American International Toy Fair in New York. Based originally off of a German doll named Bild Lily, <laughs> look it up, which was based off a cartoon character described as a sassy and ambitious gold digger, exhibitionist, and floozy. Don't you dare say that about Barbie Millicent Roberts. 1961, the Soviet spacecraft Sputnik 9 is launched, completes one orbit, returns to Earth, successfully recovered. The spacecraft carries a dog named Chernashka, which is Russian for Blackie, a dummy cosmonaut, several mice, a guinea pig which is the weirdest version of the Fantastic Four we've ever read. 1986, the Soviet space probe Vega-2 flies by Halley's Comet at a distance of approximately 8,030 kilometers. 1986, United States Navy divers recover the largely intact but heavily damaged crew compartment of the space shuttle Challenger. The bodies of the seven deceased astronauts are still inside. 1989, a Commodore 64 computer appears on the popular daytime soap opera Days of Our Lives, Hell marking yeah. the increasing acceptance of computing into mainstream culture. Now you're watching it on a computer that you call a phone. 1991, NASA launches the Space Shuttle Discovery on the 70th U.S. manned space mission. 1995, Barbara Hummel, wife of General Francis Hummel, dies. No, oh, damn it. 1997, a drive-by shooting in Los Angeles. The rapper, the legend, the notorious B.I.G. is killed at the age of 24, unless you believe he faked his death to go live on an island with Tupac. I think they're hanging out with Elvis and Andy Kaufman. 1999, the 4 millionth internet domain name, Ridalglass.com, is registered. 1999, United States Vice President Al Gore gives an interview on CNN's late edition, which he states, During my service in the United States Congress, I took the initiative in creating the Internet. I took the initiative in moving forward a whole range of initiatives that have proven to be important to our country's economic growth and environmental protection, improvements in our educational system. The statement will be widely misquoted as, I invented the Internet, and draws criticism in the media and across the Internet, and he'll be widely ostracized for that statement. But damn it, you're going to need him when Man Bear Pig shows up. That's true. 
2000, Nintendo of America Incorporated agrees to provide protective sports gloves to approximately 1.2 million American consumers who purchased the Mario Party game for the Nintendo 64 to settle a complaint raised by the New York Attorney's General offices alleging that players had sustained injuries as a result of using the system's joystick to play the game. And it works better if you don't do it that way. Email me, I'll tell you how to do it. 2006, astronomers announced that Cassini Hudgens probe has detected the possible presence of geysers of water on Enclidius, one of Saturn's moon. Make sure you contact Flynn. He's given me a lot of pointers on how to use my hand on a joystick. That's true. 2006, a... Spaceship crashes into the River Thames, triggering a worldwide red alert as part of a scheme by the alien Slavine to turn the Earth into a radioactive fuel dump. You, of course, know the Slavines as the aliens from the planet Rexicalica Falibatorius. Those guys are idiots. We're doing that by ourselves. 2007, the United <laughs> States Justice Department publicly released the results of a 126-page internal audit that found the FBI had abused the Patriot Act in order to covertly obtain personal information on U.S. citizens, including thousands of telephone records, without authorization. No. Did they really? No. It's almost like it's important who you have as leadership. Yep. Researchers at the Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota, announced that their studies have shown that the normal use of cell phones caused no detectable interference with medical equipment used in hospitals. Truth, 2007, Warner Brothers released the film 300, directed by Zack Snyder, starring Gerard Butler, Lena Headey, David Wenham, Dominic West, Rodriguez Santoro, and Andrew Tiernan, each one who got their own 25-second slow-motion, cool-ass action scene. Mm. 2008, the European Space Agency launched the first automated transfer vehicle, the Jules Verne, from the Guiana Space Center in French board in Ariane 5 ES rocket on a mission to resupply the International Space Station. The unmanned cargo spacecraft, named for science fiction author Jules Verne, carries air, dry goods, propellant, and water, which will be delivered on April 3rd following three weeks of testing. And in 2256, construction is finished on Space Station Babylon 5. Don't don't ask about four. Birthdays? <laughs> Matthew Gray Goobler, such a great name. 43, Simon in the Alvin movies, Riddler in Assault on Arkham, Jimmy in All-Star Superman, and of course, Criminal Minds. Kerr Smith is 51 from Final Destination. Kyle and Charmed Robert on The Fosters. Emmanuel Lewis is 52. He's still rolling in that Webster money. And whatever hush money from the Jackson estate. Juliette Binoche is 58 from Chocolat and Godzilla. That's the newest one that's really awesome. Finn Carter is 61. Rhonda in Tremors. Linda Fiorentino is 68 from Dogma, Men in Black. Jade. There you go. I was like, something else I couldn't think of. <laughs> oh, I'll never forget that. Joyce Van Patten is 89 from the Mary Tyler Moore Show, The Martian Chronicles, and Monkey Shines. No longer with the point of state in 1454, Amerigo Vespucci is born, a German map maker. Matthias Ringman would later name the American continent in his honor, a place he never got anywhere near. Oh. Did he get closer than Columbus? 1918, George Lincoln Rockwell founded the American Nazi Party. Yay? Man, whenever you go to any of their morning sessions, they only have biscuits. Why don't they have bagels? 1918, Mickey Spillane, best known for creating Mike Hammer. 1936, Marty Ingalls, Beagley Beagle and Grape Ape, Pac-Man in the cartoon. 1940, Raul Julia kissed the Spider-Woman Gomez in the Adams Family, Bison and Street Fighter. He is the ultimate. He is the pinnacle of Gomez. Yep. Everybody else is just pretenders. And I even say that about John Aston. I love John Aston's Gomez. 1941, Ernesto Miranda. The reason we have Miranda rights. 
1946 Warren Scarron, who wrote Beetlejuice and Batman. Yeah, I'm talking Tim Burton. <laughs> wow, he really doesn't make a whole lot of good stuff unless other people are helping him out. Mm. Huh? <laughs> CBS New Young Sheldon. Ghosts, Margaret's new case involves a gifted teen hacker accused of releasing classified documents, while the prosecution is headed by her old college nemesis. Todd babysits the accused hacker while the trial proceeds and finds it harder than expected on a new soap. Help me, Todd! And a rerun of CSI Vegas. ABC's got Station 19, New Grey's Anatomy, and team members support one another in the wake of an incident, and they cope with the possibility of bleak budget cuts for the paper. New leads and discoveries come to light about Gloria's death that could reclassify the case on the new Alaska Daily. NBC has Law & Order, Law & Order Special Victims Unit, and Law & Order Occident. Fox, it's game time on a new Next Level Chef and a new Animal Control, followed by Call Me Cat. DW, the Walker family celebrates the new year by resolving to make better choices. Cordell busies himself with family matters. Cassie introduced, or Casey enlists Trey in a case involving a rogue tech mogul on a new Walker. Might be a new cast. On Freeform, we've got the Office hmm. Marathon. AMC has True Lies, probably in honor of that television series I didn't know came out. FX is showing The Martian. FXX has a Family Guy marathon. FXM, The Sixth Sense, you know that you still love that movie. BBC America has Blade. Sci-Fi has Minority Report, you know you still love that movie. Hmm, TNT has Basketball. Mm-hmm. Science Channel, it's a what on earth marathon, but tonight we will be watching the Lifetime Movie Network. Ellie must uncover who is trying to use her high school secrets against her before she loses her family forever. Because they don't care about her enough that her secrets... Anyway, Natasha Wilson and Tyler Kutad star in Her Study of a Killer. Which sounds like a podcast. The wonderful Billy Flynn looks at what Chad and Abby are up to now. If you know what TV show they're on this week, you could win yourself a prize. It's your further adventures of Chad and Abby update. In the tales of future past, assassins take down a politician to get on the news. Chad then takes his motorcycle to get them. There's a sting from the world of tomorrow when a wrestler shows up for just a few seconds late to say rest in peace. He then takes out the entire police station before phoning himself back into time. To one who was not, but two who was not two or three. Jack helps figure out the cryptic message, but gets killed before Chad can do anything. Out to get revenge, the two find the time for the battle, and Chad is able to restore the past. Hashtag Chaggy. Forever. No blasted letters today! No, but a few guesses and a couple of right ones. But as of right now, we are officially at the fewest correct answers we've ever had. Something Ohimark desperately tried to attain and failed. And now someone else is going to take his glory. Oh, God! I'm I'm not really calling you out. But hey, if you think you might know what this is, because I'm not going to lie, this one's not easy. Please send a note to podcast at geekradiodaily.com. Of course, a voicemail text message. The magic numbers are... 510-GRD-CURL. Hell, I know what the answer is, and I still didn't understand today's. Are you planning a trip to the Disney or Universal theme parks and don't know where to start with where to stay, how to save money on your trip, or how to skip most of the lines? Then we've got the podcast for you. It's called A Dryer Dose of Disney, where park veterans share their tips and tricks for planning your vacation, saving money, minimizing your wait times, and telling you where the best places to eat are. So if you're a Disney or Universal Parks fan or are planning your very first vacation, check out A Dryer Dose of Disney wherever you listen to your podcasts. Hi, this is Corin Nimick from Parker Lewis Can't Lose, and you're listening to Geek Radio Daily. 
One of the few drops from people who have actually been on the show, huh? Yeah. God, I miss being actually somewhat famous. Greetings, Starfighter. You have been recruited by the Star League to defend the frontier against Zor and the Kodan Armada. Get ready. Prepare for Blasco. One thing I know is that my allies and I had just obliterated the largest horde of rabid zombies I'd ever encountered, and then suddenly, Chief Wiggum 49 and Halo is my bitch 12 decided to frag me. Snap, let me put down the glow sticks and say, hey! Deal with it. Let's play some games. What we got this week? Uh, in, uh, well, we've got Clash Artifacts of Chaos. That, just, that sentence doesn't sound right. Fronted by mercenaries of an enemy with untold power, the fighter Sudio <laughs> and the creature under his protection begin a perilous quest to the edges of strange lands. Available now for the PC. You know, if he gets hit with a lawsuit, they're going to be... Sue, Sue, Studio. DC Justice League, a game with super deformed, chibi-ish DC characters, if that's your thing. For the Switch, PC, PS4, PS5, Xbox One, Xbox Series X, slash S. Oh my god, that's all we're playing this week? That's weird. Oh, I'm not wearing any pants. Film at 11. Geek News! Take a look at the world. From a uh, geek point of view. Steve from Minecraft got added to Super Smash Bros. Ultimate October of 2020, and, and since then, sentiment around the character has just gotten worse and worse due to accusations that the character is broken and overpowered now. A recent discovery around a comp- competitively advantageous glitch has brought these conversations back into the spotlight, and the swaths of the Smash Brothers competitive scene are outright banning the character from tournaments. I guess he's getting... <laughs> Steve was contentious from the very start. Players raising issues with the combo potential of the large swath of ranged attacks and makes him a frustrating character to fight against. And not many characters in Super Smash Bros. Ultimate's expansive roster, you know, act as a hard counter to him. And because of this, calls to have the character banned have been ongoing since it was launched. It looks like some of those people are getting their wish now that a new glitch has been discovered that pushes the character from overpowered to unfair. So people did not really dig him? To add further hate, Steve has a glitch associated with his recoil animations that allows him to recover at a faster rate than other characters in the game, meaning he can break combos that should otherwise work with other characters and retaliate before his opponent can even react. And this isn't an intentional part of the character's tool set. It's just an unfortunate tech workaround that, you know, worked in players' favors. Despite this, Super Smash Bros. Ultimate is no longer receiving balance updates from Nintendo, so... Competitive organizers are left with two options. Do you ban the strategy or do you ban the character? Ban him. It's what I would do or block him. Unless someone finds a different way by thinking outside the box. (laughs) Look, we all know somebody who would use that. uh, Just like the the sweep the leg punch, sweep the leg punch, sweep the leg punch that was in street friggin'. Those are the people that grew up to only bring napkins to potlucks. After some rumors, it looks like we have John Barenthal back as Punisher in Daredevil Born Again. Hell yeah. Barenthal will return as Frank Castle and he will appear next in the incoming, next in the upcoming Disney Plus series Daredevil Born Again. And since there is good news, well, we do have some bad news attached to this. Looks like Foggy and Karen are out. Well, yeah, because they're very minor characters in the mythos compared to Frank. 
Barenthal joins Charlie Cox and Vincent D'Onofrio in the series, which begins shooting in New York this month. In a departure from other Marvel series, which come out in six or nine episodes per season, Born Again is planning on a whopping 18-episode epic. Writers and executive producers Matt Corman and Chris Ord are behind the show, which is expected to bow to debut in the spring of 2024. 18? God, I wonder how long it's going to be in labor before it's born again. <laughs> Given that we've also heard some interesting rumors that Kristen Ritter is back as Jessica Jones in Born Again, well, it could be interesting to see if that also gets confirmed. Come on, look, she's not looking for super friends. <laughs> the big disappointment, though, is that Deborah Ann Wall and Eldon Henson, who played classic sporting characters Karen Page and Foggy Nelson, respectively, are not on the roll call for the Marvel series. It is also unclear whether those characters will be recast or simply dropped. Karen and Foggy are the heart of the show. Without them, it's just some blind dude going around punching and kicking people. Who are you going to get to be as Jiminy Cricket? The Punisher? He's too rough. He's too gruff. Plus, he's going to have to change his name. And it's already on all of his stationery. <laughs> Researchers studying a distant star forming within a dusty cloud have found an abundance of water in its immediate vicinity, which could have implications for the origins of water in our own solar system. Ooh, the news has been a big splash. We've never been able to measure the composition of water in a protoplanetary disk before, said John Tobin, an astronomer at the National Radio Observatory, National Radio Astronomy Observatory, and lead author of this new paper. The measurement we made sort of fills the big gap in our knowledge of what happens between the protostar phase when the star's first being created versus comets, where there's sort of the leftovers of the planet formation process. Watery Leavens was the title of the worst movie I ever rented 13 or 14 times on accident. The team saw normal water, that is to say H2O, but also heavy water, in which one of the water's hydrogen atoms is replaced by deuterium, a heavy isotope of hydrogen. Now we can really trace the path of water more or less continuously back from water on Earth to comets, to the protoplanetary disk, to protostars, and back to the interstellar medium, Tobin said. Wait, so aliens were just water? Did James Cameron get it right? Life as we know it depends on water, so any discovery of the wet stuff out in the universe is an intriguing sign that life may exist elsewhere. A young system like V883 Orionis, though, is likely a few billion years away from intelligent aliens that could receive signals from Earth, so we'll surely be long gone by then, once again leaving our hopes of finding life elsewhere all wet. <laughs> Resident Evil 4 Remake is just a couple weeks away, and while many players will buy the game digitally, the most hardcore fans have probably reserved their $250 collector's editions that come complete with a statue of Leon holding a shotgun and, of course, looking tired as hell. The collector's editions were GameStop exclusives, but on Tuesday, the company announced that all in-store pre-orders had been canceled. Just in time for it to be too late to get it anywhere else. If you pre-ordered Resident Evil 4 Collector's Edition in-store at GameStop, they just issued a memo stating that Collector's Edition won't arrive in stores and will not be fulfilled slash arriving. Pre-order King Wario64 posted on Twitter, does not mention anything about online orders, so I assume online orders are not affected. Who orders things in the store? GameStop, which has been battling declining revenues and stretching employees thinner and thinner, even as its stock price previously soared to historic heights thanks to Reddit, suffered a major inventory system glitch last fall. A system-wide software conversion completely borked most stores' pre-order records, 
leading to tons of cancellations and shipping issues throughout the season. GameStop, focus on previously played. Stay in your lane. We take our cuts and now they expect us to make phone calls to people who were super excited about this game, who are 100% going to turn around and be angry or extremely upset over this, wrote one person on the GameStop subreddit. Wrote another, it's like, holy crap, are they actively trying to kill the stores? Like, they push trying to sell pre-orders at the, at the same time. Oh yeah, if you pre-order in store, those are the first things to get canceled if there's supply issues. Like at least one person who works there for six hours by themselves won't be swamped by the pre-order crowd. And hey, pre-order folks, let the damn game come out and read some reviews first. I promise you that there are plenty of digital copies and the patches will come out at the same time. Heads up. This one's going to feature some salty language. Google's finally rolling back its unpopular decree against any kind of profanity in videos, which which made it harder for any creators used to offering colorful sailor speech and videos for monetizing content on behalf of its beloved ad partners. Ooh, does this mean we might get Samuel L. Jackson playing video games on YouTube? The company clarified the use of moderate profanity at any time in a video was now eligible for ad revenue. However, the company seemed to be antagonistic to stronger profanity like the F word, a.k.a. You can't say in the first seven seconds or repeatedly throughout a video or else you will receive limited ads. Putting words like into a title or thumbnail will result in no ad content. Well, I'll have to rethink my Animal Fucking Crossing series. What is allowed are words like hell or damn in the title or thumbnail. Words like bitch, douchebag, asshole, shit are considered moderate profanity, so that's fine to use frequently in a video. YouTube has been extremely sensitive to what its advertisers are saying. For instance, the platform came close to pulling big money making ads over creepy pasta content during the Elsagate scandal. Oh, there goes my idea for my frozen coffee mod for GTA. Back in November, YouTube changed its creator monetization policy, calling it guidelines for advertiser-friendly content. The company decreed that any video with a thumbnail or title containing obscene language or adult material would not receive ad revenue. YouTube also said it would demonetize violent content such as dead bodies without context or virtual violence directed at a real named person. Well, dead bodies aren't going to sell Raid Shadow Legends subscriptions. Come on. YouTube has been working hard to keep advertisers happy on their platform. At the same time it made these changes, Google was adding access to third-party streaming services on the platform. Gaming YouTubers in particular were hurt by these changes. It didn't just impact new videos, but already posted videos, meaning if a creator dared curse in the first eight seconds or continuously in a video made months ago, they saw their profits start to dip. Google admitted this policy actually resulted in a stricter approach than we attended. YouTube promised any videos that receive demonetization stickers will be re-reviewed by March 10th. I bet that's why people stopped going to our YouTube channel. Yep. How long will this last? Probably as long as it takes for the corporation that buys ad times to change their mind. Of course, YouTube could solve this by letting creators choose what ads to play on their channels so they can select products and companies that they want to support and know that they wouldn't mind a few saucy words. And that... Definitely ain't happening. So for now, you can pretty much say five of the seven words you can never say on television as long as it's after seven seconds. Not not for the children, for the ads. And somewhere, George Carlin is shaking his f***ing head. GRD is licensed under the Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Non-Derivative Works Legislation 3.0 License. Come check us out on Facebook and on Twitter and stop by the website at geekradiodaily.com. Never think... Corporation does that stuff because of the children. No, they they don't care at all, man. If they did, you wouldn't have you know 
um, barely dressed cheerleaders selling alcohol at two o'clock in the afternoon. It just doesn't work that way. But you can't say what you want to do to them. Exactly. So if you'd like to send us some interesting words and some kind of missive, by all means, drop a note, won't you? It's podcast at geekradiodaily.com. Or, of course, a voicemail text message. You need these numbers, yeah. 510-G-R-D-Crash. You're going to love tomorrow's show, I promise. Such a gigantic walking nightmare. No, that was today's. Good night, suckers. Damage averted. All systems operative. You say you still go to church? Every Sunday. Does it, I mean, does it do anything for you? Or? It gives me time to balance my checkbook every week. <laughs> you see, that's what I'm saying. I mean, people don't go to church to, to, to feel spiritual anymore. They go to church and feel bored. But they keep going every week just out of habit. <laughs> so blessed. <laughs> <clears throat> when, uh, when do you think you lost your faith? I remember the exact moment. I was on the phone with my mother, and um, she was trying to counsel me through this this thing. And when nothing she was saying was making me feel any better, she said, Bethany, God has a plan. I was, I was so angry with her. I was like, what about my plans? You know? Mm-hmm. I had planned to have a family with my husband. Wasn't that plan good enough for God? Apparently not.